trailers for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes Ah, but two hours of pushing broom buys an eight For your entertainment. Not four, but three movies that pay tribute to three, not four, Hollywood legends who made it well into their 90s yet left the earth in 2021. For real, during this special episode, we offer our perspective on three, not four, films featuring the talents of Cicely Tyson, Hal Holbrook, and Cloris Leachman forsaking all others this one time only we are for the following <laughs> nathan lee gets a sweet treat from rebecca while in jail chris falls in love with a moose in alaska and frau brooker reveals that she has a boyfriend please forgive our jocularity we only seek to fortify your ears with some entertainment. He loves to eat squirrel that's been roasted over an open fire. And I need to remember to always put the candle back. <laughs> Welcome to four, I mean, two real reviewers. Welcome to our fourth season. I'm assuming that's why we have four in a lot of our conversation just now. Oh, is this our fourth season? This is season four? <laughs> we are starting I idea. season four. I, I felt like you were going to go with the, um, like, Count Dracula from Sesame Street. Four. <laughs> Let's I love him, the kids. Count. Let's count He's, him, my, he's my favorite. <laughs> four movies. One, two. <laughs> it was a uh, 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 That's what it was. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah, I grew up. Uh, I used to. Uh, I used to actually call in, not call in sick. Shit, shoot. Sorry, folks. Um, I used to fake sick <laughs> so I could stay home and watch Sesame Street as a kid. <laughs> I remember that as a very young child, uh, little Bobby Hurt would uh, not go to daycare until we saw the count at at the particular spot of sesame street mm -hmm. before he would get in the car and and let me drive away so we're big fans of the count well it's it's uh it's a it was a fun it, you know entertaining educational you gotta love sesame street you know but back to our four our fourth season can you believe we've done four this is heading into our fourth year season our four season, this is fanta fantastic news I, it the the number of podcasts that we've done just continues to grow and grow and grow. And we're close to a thousand downloads. We have over 210 followers. Uh, we're being listened to all over the globe, um, which is great to hear. Spain. I can go through the list if you want. Iceland. Spain. Iceland. Is Spain, is Spain new? Spain, Iceland. Uh, well, you know, Iceland or what is now known as Texas is considered Iceland right now. So 
<laughs> sorry, guys in Texas. I apologize. I know you're you're battling. I'm sorry. We wish you the best. Um, but yeah, we've uh, we're getting some some great feedback, and and we're branching out again. Going to head over to a, a new platform soon. So exciting for us. What'd you think of uh, this week's movies? Our tribute to some fallen actors. Well, in the case of at least one of them, uh, without giving too much away, I was very pleased to watch these movies. Actually, all the way around, I should say, mm -hmm. that for at least two of the three that I had not seen before, uh, it was a very refreshing look uh, at one movie that's super old, almost right. as old as you, almost <laughs> as old as you and I. Right. And one of them that kind of, to me has kind of taken on almost a, a, a cult-like following because as I, as I posted on social media that I was watching this movie mm -hmm. and all sorts of people that chimed in about, Oh, th that one's a keeper. Great movie to watch. You'll remember it for a long time. etc. I don't remember hearing a lot about it when it was originally out. So I'm, I'm dying to hear what you had to say about it as well. And then for the third movie, the fact that it's a classic mm -hmm. and it was done in black and white and it was a fun ride all over again. This was a very good week to watch three really good movies. You know, and, and, and these three movies here, you know, um, it, one of them was really tough to watch. You know, you got to understand because it's based on a true story. Uh, the other two were. Um, you know, knowing that it's almost as old as me, uh, I'm actually you're older than than the 1972 Sounder movie. Um, but to know, you know, Denzel or not Denzel Washington, I'm sorry, Morgan Freeman and uh, Cecilia Tyson was in this and didn't know all the recognition that this movie had received until now. Um, and it unfortunately took her passing away for me to realize that. And I, I feel bad about that. Um, I felt bad about that, too, because. Even if you have someone with a resume like Cicely Tyson's mm -hmm. and you know what she's done, but she got recognized the, the, the most, the biggest recognition that she could possibly get short of winning one of these awards, one of these marquee awards is to be nominated for it. Yes. And she was in that, in that movie as well, along with a couple of other people in the movie that got nominated for stuff as well. Well, and it's actually received, um, well, and we'll talk more about that uh, when we get into it, but uh, or, or what movie are we going to start with this week? I think that there is nothing more than we could get into than you and I being too crazy guys. Some might say that we're too wild and crazy guys, that we should go into the wild. Into the wild. I want to buy you a new car. Why would I want a new car? Dodson runs great. I don't want anything. Everything has to be difficult. There are people in this world who go looking for adventure. <laughs> Christopher McCandless was searching for himself. When I put this movie on uh, downstairs in, in the house, 
my wife, my son came by and he immediately said, oh, I know this movie. This is this is the, oh, this is about that guy. And he sat down. My wife said, I can't watch it. There's no she goes, I've seen the movie. I can't watch it. And this is directed by Sean Penn. Uh, it is a story about Christopher McCandless, who has chosen after graduating Emory University to donate a majority of his savings account and head off into, you know, and, and starts hiking basically to Alaska and into the wilderness. Uh, he started off by driving. He lost his car in a, uh, a rainstorm that gave a flash flood. And then that point on, he he's trying to survive on his own. But the reality of it is, is that he took off without being prepared. Um, the movie stars Emil Hirsch playing Christopher McCandless um, also has a wonderful cast with Catherine Keener in it. Uh, Vince Vaughn is plays in it. Um, as we mentioned, um, William Hurt is in it. Uh, Marsha Gray. As My Uncle Bill. Your Uncle Bill, William Hurt. <laughs> My Uncle Bill Hurt. Um, Kristen Stewart. You that story about uh, about Bill Hurt or about uh, William Hurt? No. So not that I'm very proud of this, but I was mm. in my early 20s and I I had this girl that I was seeing. I strung her along, continually telling her that maybe next weekend my Uncle Bill would come down to meet her. Mm-hmm. Well, William Hurt is no closer to being a family member of mine <laughs> than John Hurt for crying out loud. And I kind of feel bad i strung this girl along with fake you know fake offers to meet william hurt it, how, how old were you at this time 22 23 okay so so did did, did, did you hit it did, did it work <laughs> of course it did all right. Well, back, back to uh, Into the Wild. Um, in, instead of hearing uh, uh, Rod's success stories of uh, with William Hurt, um, we have um, my reason, Uncle Bill. Your Uncle Bill. The reason we chose this movie was we wanted to say goodbye to Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook played Ron France in this movie. Um, and watching this film, and getting, to, yeah, I kept thinking to myself, oh my God, did we pick a movie that Hal is barely in? That's what I started to think. But the reality of it was, is Hal actually had a very short role at the middle to end of this film. Um, and, but it was very powerful. And to find out uh, off all the things that this man has done, um, this was the movie that he was recognized for uh, by the Academy. And he was nominated for an Oscar uh, for this film. We've seen him in Lincoln. We've seen him in The Fog. We've seen him in, you know, so many other movies that he has done. Uh, but however, um, he was nominated for uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting role uh, for playing Rod France in this movie, Into the Wild. Now, there's a couple scenes uh, that go into this film that he's one-on-one with Chris McCandless, you know, and it is very, very powerful. You can, you can see he is fully invested into this role. Um, his, he is, his eyes are tearing. He's, he's so emotional that, you know, he was lost in it. Um, so for me, I thought, wow, you know, he, he definitely was uh, a powerful performing and very well deserved to be nominated for this film. Um, 
and this is a that he was nominated back in 2008 and to understand a little uh he was up against uh javier bardem for no country for old men casey Affleck for the assassination of jesse james philip seymour hoffman for charlie wilson's war and tom wilkinson uh for for michael clayton and he was in for uh you know into the wild so the movie the part part about this movie is I thought Sean Penn did a decent job of directing. There were some things at the end, some camera angles, some opportunities that I felt that he had missed. Um, and he, the flashback from one time to another, he's on the bus, he's off the bus, he's at home. He's, you know, I think if he, I felt like this movie could have done better if it would have stayed court, you know, to the timeline and not go back and forth. Um, because one minute you're talking, Chris McCandless has a beard. The next minute he's flashed back and he's, you know, um, shaved and he's hanging out with other people. And you kind of get a little bit lost in that. Um, and there was a couple of little spinning of the camera type thing that Sean Penn did uh, that I wasn't very, very fond of. However, the hard part about this film is that the whole time it's happening and you're watching this man basically die in front of you. Um, and yeah, I can't say spoiler alert anymore because this is 2007, folks, and everybody knows the story of Chris McCandless. Um, so with that being said, <clears throat> you start to go into this movie. No, as a reviewer, you want to review it. Like I talked about camera angles. I talked about, you know, the performances, uh, the timeline, the editing. What I didn't like is you start to figure out like, man, this guy could have lived if you would have done this, this guy could have lived if you would have done that, you know, and you're no longer watching a movie, but you're trying to justify how you could have saved your, this guy's life. If he would have just did these things like not park his car there and where a flash flood's going to happen. Um, knowing better than having just a book based on what you can and can't eat flour and berry wise. Um, learning to, you know, not, not even having the right boots. He was given boots by a, a guy that he hitchhiked from. There's so much. He had a 22 rifle that he's trying to kill people or kill, uh, you know, livestock with. There's so much to, to go into this. You start to just try to justify or not justify. You try to, to think to yourself, oh man, if you would have just did this. So you're no longer watching a movie, but you're watching a man die and you're trying to make excuses on what you could have, he could have done uh, to survive. And then, you know, and that's the unfortunate part about this. Um, I, I like the movie. Would I sit down and watch it again? No, it is a one-time shot, two hour and 28 minutes. Um, it's, it's a storyline of, of someone that seems to be a little more unselfish in a sense. Uh, so, or selfish, excuse me, not unselfish, selfish. Um, and that's kind of where his life went. And so for me, I wouldn't give this movie any more uh than three perfect popcorns but i would give hal holbrook four popcorns i thought hal holbrook and his role in this movie um really tied it all together uh in terms of great impact I, the William Hurt character as the dad and Marsha Gehardin as, as mom. Um, even the sister had a little bit, uh, a bit role. Um, and the, the hippies that 
Chris ended up hanging out with a couple of times in the movie, those were all really good characters. But the Ron Franz character and the feeling that Ron needed Chris in his life, especially when he offers to adopt him towards the very end when Chris is on his way, I thought that was a genuinely heartfelt role that Hal Holbrook put into. A lot of the, what you refer to Monty in terms of the storyline kind of bouncing all over the place. Right. I didn't care for that either. It was different. This movie laid out to me like almost like a documentary. It, it was, or a reality television show. Because mm. a lot of times it was just him, you know, walking on fences and shooting the, the moose and, and all these things. He had to entertain himself while he was out there. All right. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting how he came up with the, the pen name Alexander Supertramp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like little details like, and you and I know this, maybe our listening audience may not know this, but when he's, he's trying to get identification and someone, someone sends him to the Montebello DMV. Well, you and I have probably been to the Montebello DMV. <laughs> right. 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 Um, some of the quotes, namely the one, my days were more exciting when I was penniless. I, I, that really had an impact. Um, I'd love to go out to the Anza Borrego desert and see if there really are nudists out there. Cause as many times as I've been out there, I've never seen them. Are you talking about at the slabs at the slabs? Do you, I've been there. Do you know that? I've actually oh, I, been there back oh. when I was probably 10, 10, 11 years old. Um, there's a good Sam's club, uh, good Sam's club, good Sam's resort RV park out there that my grandparents had a uh, trailer at and you go and there's all these mineral mineral pools and spas and you know activities and golf course and all that stuff and you pull in and we used to go there all the time and and if you get onto an uh, a trail bike or a quad or whatever you go up probably 45 minutes you get to the water the uh, where the wash used to be and then you can go over that and you head and it's that's where the slabs are. And we used to go down there and there's, there's just like you saw out there, broken down trailers, rusted out. People are living in it's their own little world. And there's been many times that that's been up for voting to tear down and get kick people out. And people just don't want to deal with it. But back then it was there and it was pretty unique. They weren't running around nude or anything because my parents wouldn't let me see that. But well, was, I was just going to just I, a bunch I, of hippies. I, 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 I was going down the road of, well, did your grandparents participate in this sort of thing? <laughs> no, no, it's, but you know, it was unique to see that, that, that used to be old military base. They leveled to the ground and just left up the cement slabs. And that's why it's called slab city. So I, I, you know, that part was, was a little entertaining. Some of the stuff that he did, we know about, like you said, Mon Montebello DMV. Um, I, I, all to the crazy thing is, is to find out why this guy really went out into the wild. Do you know why he did is because he found out that his him and his sister were born out of wedlock and 
with a mistress. His dad was married to somebody else when he was having an affair with the wife, I guess. And then he just didn't like that. And it really crashed on top of him. And he wanted to put his thumb up and his nose up to society and, and go away and say, I can live all on my own off the earth and, and cost this man his life. So, you know, but capturing it, I don't think Sean Penn captured it. He did a, it was a decent job, but I thought he just chose some different angles and, and cinematography uh, and editing and a path that he took. I just didn't agree with it, but again, you know, it still holds an eight. It was recognized. Um, it received two Oscar nominations. We know of, of Hal Holbrook and let's see here. I think what the other one was um, best achievement in film editing by Jay Cassidy. So, you know, I didn't think that it would deserve. Now, there is, and, and you'll hear it at the end of this, it did receive a Golden Globe winner for Best Original Song. Did you know that? Know that. Uh, yeah, and it was sung and, and done by Eddie Vedder. And we all know good old Eddie Vedder. Uh, and sure. the song is called Guaranteed. So like from Pearl Jam. So, um, but it was Eddie Venner uh, performed it and uh, it's at the end of this podcast. So stay on folks and make sure you listen all the way through. I think where Sean Penn's directing skills uh, can be discussed. I'm not sure that there are too many movies that Sean Penn's done that reach out and grab me in terms of, Oh, you got to see this. And when, when the opening credits are rolling and, I didn't know until I started watching it, the Sean Penn director of this movie, it gets a little more attention. I didn't know William Hurt was in this movie until I started watching it. That'll get my attention a little bit more, right? I knew Hal Holbrook was in it because that's the whole reason that we chose this movie to watch anyway. But you get some big names in there and you and you your expectations start to increase. I, I this, this is in, this is, this is in a category of movies that probably is, is kind of cultish, as I said earlier, mm -hmm. and, and people have seen it and they remember it and it has an impact. Seeing a young man pass away while he's roaming around uh, in the middle of nature because he's essentially pissed off at his father, which is really what it is boiled down, if you think about it, it it's it's a tragedy. Right. And, and it's very unfortunate. And then it it's a true story. And the parents really had a lot to do with the making of the movie. They apparently were very cooperative uh, in, in when the movie was being made. I, I like the scenery, the nature, uh, the the. In a way, there were a number of times that I was totally jealous of of this lifestyle that that he was able to live in, not having a care in the world, not having any responsibilities, living under an assumed name. Right. Kayaking right. down, uh, kayaking into mm -hmm. Mexico, uh, fending for himself. Right. He, he had to teach himself how to how to barbecue a squirrel. Um, and and the, the other one thing that I'll, I'll mention is that and I don't think you've seen Legends of the Fall. Is that right? Legends of the Fall Asleep. Yeah, I've seen it. And I've okay. Legends of the Fall Asleep. Legends of the, that's right. I should have remembered that because you've dropped that on me before. Yes, but I if, if you re, if you remember if you remember how Brad Pitt is, he's got this wild look in his eyes, and the the narrator in that movie 
um, refers to, to Tristan as, you know, fighting the bear and having the, the bear's heart and all that other stuff. There are some scenes where Chris looks possessed or wild or one with nature. And I thought that was done fairly well, too. I ended up giving this movie three red vines. It, it, it I, I probably have some critique about how it could have been done better. Mm-hmm. As, as you've indicated, I think he makes some very good points too. I'll remember it. I don't know that I'll, I'll go to Stacy and say, Hey, you got to sit down and watch this. Right. It's, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a good enough movie. The story is, is pretty good, but I do expect a little more out of a director like Sean Penn and an A-lister like William Hurt. One of the things that we haven't really talked about, I believe that we should, is Emil Hirsch in this movie, who played who played Chris. And this this goes back to seeing this young man start really coming of age in some of the movies that he's done. Um, you know, going to uh, uh, what's the one um, Lone Survivor? He was part of the guys that were were killed. Um, he was in the movie where uh, Alpha Dog. Um, he has done so many movies that it makes me, I'm just kind of wondering why this guy hasn't been recognized a little bit more. Um, Lords of Dogtown, um, he played wonderful in that movie. I, I really wish this this gentleman here um, would start being recognized for his acting skills. And I'm not, again, I don't know why. He, he plays a lot of, in movies that are based on real stories, such as what we just saw. Um. And, and he, you know, lost weight to play this film. He did a lot of things to to uh, to really make you dive into that is Chris out there. And really, if you think about it, you stopped seeing Emil Hirsch and you started seeing Chris McCandless in this film. And one of the scariest photos that they showed that did, I will give credit to Sean Penn is, is the scene, the picture of Chris McCandless. It's where he's it's the last known photo of him where he in real life, I'm talking about the real Chris sitting against the bus and his legs, you know, in a chair and his leg crossed over his knee there. They had Emil redo that pic picture in the movie. And it was like, you were looking at the real guy. And I just thought to myself, wow, you know um, he really dived in, you know, dove into that role and he, he perfected that perfected it to make you feel like you were really looking at Chris there. So I give a, a hats off to Emil Hirsch on that. Um, I didn't get to bring that up in my review earlier, and I apologize because unfortunately I did skip over that in my review. Um, but he he's a hell of a young actor and, and looking forward to seeing a lot more of him. Well, and and he's he's been he's been in a few different movies. Uh, he he was he was in Milk um, with Sean Penn. Um, he, he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He played the the hairdresser. He's like I said, he has done some amazing things and a lot of the stuff that he does for whatever reason, I mean, he's done, don't get me wrong. He's done a lot. He has a lot of credits. Um, but one of the, a lot of them that were, we, he, to me gets recognized for is true characters. I mean, you know, not, you know, like, like Chris McCandless and the, in Lone Survivor and Alpha Dog, um, you know, in, in Lords of Dogtown, these are movies that are based on true stories that he has gotten involved in. And yeah, once upon a time in Hollywood, um, you know, he's done so much uh, out a there. Somewhat that, true story. 
Yeah, I love, I love, yeah, somewhat of a true story. But yeah, I, uh, I, I love seeing that. And I think he does such a good job with that because he really dives into that character by doing research, by looking and going into it. And I've heard some really good things about how he, he went about doing Chris and who he spoke to and what he studied on to do this role. Um, and, the, you know, putting yourself in that position that you're going on to the big screen and telling a young man's story of his life, that's a tough role to do. Because there's only two things that are going to happen. You're going to nail it or you're going to flop it. And he nailed this one. So he absolutely did both in, I mean, we, we don't know much about the real Chris right. aside from what happened to him. And a lot of this is conjecture too, because I'm not sure how much of this was documented. Right. Um, but it's, if, if you, if you believe whatever sort of memoir Chris may have left behind, th there's some, there's definitely a, a physical resemblance between mm -hmm. Emil and, and Chris, uh, as evidenced by what you just said. And he, he, he did a great job entertaining us mm -hmm. while he was entertaining himself while he was out there in the wild. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what uh, we have a couple more uh, celebrities or uh, actors and actresses that have passed away that we need to recognize. Uh, what, what, uh, who are we going to go talk to or talk about next? Well, we're going to go in the way back machine and we're going to circle back to a, a period of time where movies about dogs were very popular and being copied. Let's take a look and a listen to Sounder. To overcome adversity. Charlie, just because a man and his family are coming. Look, I don't make the rules. In order to survive. The boy is hungry, Rebecca. Experience the groundbreaking movie. And what do we make it to, Rebecca? Another season of sharecropping for old man Perkins? Working ourselves to death so he can get richer and we can't even eat when cropping time is done? So we chose Sounder of all the movies that had Cicely Tyson in them. And that list is a mile long. Mm -hmm. But as we said at the beginning of this podcast, the Sounder movie was chosen because it reached Cicely Tyson's highest achievement in terms of her career by being nominated for an Academy Award um, for Best Actress. What I did not know is that her co-star in the movie, Paul Winfield, he was also nominated for an Academy Award right, that year right. for Best Actor. Mm -hmm. uh, Cicely Tyson plays Rebecca. Paul Winfield plays her husband, Nathan. Um, as parents, uh, bringing up their three kids as sharecroppers in a Louisiana parish in 1933. This is at the height of the depression and M director Martin Ritt is able to even in 1972, take us all the way back to 1933, Louisiana and how hard life was at that time in general, let alone being a black family, let alone being a black family that are sharecropping let alone a black family that sharecropping 
where the dad decides that because he can't put enough food on the table for his family, he goes out and steals some. So Nathan's character played by Paul Winfield basically goes up the river, literally goes up the river for stealing and is put in a work camp for a year's time, leaving wife Cicely Tyson as Rebecca and their children to tend to the farm. And it's met with all sorts of obstacles along the way. They can't visit the father in prison or I'm sorry, in the, in the, at the work camp. They can't find him. This is before the civil rights movement in the 60s, ladies and gentlemen. African-Americans at that time were not treated very well at all. Um, in, in some ways, they, they, the, the sharecropping business um, was about as good as it got for a lot of families if they were successful in obtaining those sorts of rights. But the common denominator in all of this is you see a relationship between a husband and wife, a relationship between a father and his, and his children, um, a relationship between a black family and the man, if you will, is you have this little dog mm -hmm. that is a, a hunting dog because he is supposed to flush out the squirrels and the raccoons and all the other good vittles that were feasted upon by families during that period of time. And this is Sounder. Sounder was played by Swampy. Just so you know, full screen <laughs> credit to the dog named Swampy that ended up uh, that ended up starring in kind of the key role. Now, I was expecting that there would be more dog in this movie than there was, because this is about the time that movies like Old Yeller were were out. Right. And that's kind of what I, I, I know this is going to come off bad. And I'm going to apologize to our audience. Watching Sounder, it was was like the the um, the black version of Old Yeller. It was the black family as opposed to the white family. You know what I mean? I felt like that story was going on, but then it had the racial tension in between with him stealing and going to prison, and and then all of a sudden, you know, the the doc the dog doctor, excuse me, the dog's in the beginning of the movie, and then you don't see him for a long long time. Well, he's 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 protecting the family that mm -hmm. has him. Right. right. He he gets he gets shot because he doesn't understand why they're taking Nathan away. Right. And the authorities, uh, you know, buckshot him, basically. And he runs into the woods and heals and eventually comes back and is by the kid's side all the time, mm -hmm. is delighted when in fact, he's Sounder is the one that when Nathan is released from prison is the one that goes running down the road because he knows that Nathan is coming home. Um, but there's less dog in this movie than there was in old yeller. And it, it also, from a family perspective for me, uh, resembled what we saw in Shiloh. If you've ever seen that movie. Yes. And, and the, and the dogs roll in the, in the family. Now, fortunately there's no tragic ending, uh, to sounder, <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, it does have the proverbial happy ending, but you really see the struggles of this family and the, the, the lack of human decency, 
that was present in the 30s. For those of you that have never listened to one of our podcasts, we don't get political, but there are some things as basic human rights. Right. And I, I this 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 movie reminded us of what life was like in the 30s, certainly from from a social justice perspective, but from an e- economic perspective as well. I mean, the suffering that went on during the pressure in the 30s is well documented. The relationship between Paul Winfield and his namesake, his oldest son, mm-hmm. was done very well. And to take a black woman whose husband has been taken away from the family and to make her responsible for the day-to-day operation of a farm in 1933 was absolutely positively riveting to see. It's no wonder that Cicely Tyson was nominated for Best Actress. I thought Paul Winfield did just as as an admirable job Mm. in his role, too. The baseball games that they played, the the positive outlook he he, he tried he, he always had a, tried to have a positive spin on everything um, until his son got out of line and then he became a dad and he reprimanded and and he 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 altered behaviors with his kids i just i found the 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 movie very heartwarming the struggles really became prevalent on screen i'm i'm grateful that I was given the opportunity to watch it, but I feel bad because it was only at the expense of Cicely Tyson's life that we started talking about, well, how can we honor Cicely Tyson? Well, let's, let's watch this movie that she did where she was nominated for an Academy Award. I wish I had seen it a lot earlier in, in time than this, but it wasn't just the Cicely Tyson movie in all fairness Paul Winfield deserves some credit for doing a fantastic role as Nathan as well. And I ultimately gave this movie four uh, right out of the box red minds. Well, and and for me, um, you know how I'm hard on the Academy Awards, and I think sometimes they get it wrong and sometimes they get it right, and most of the time it's wrong. Uh, In 1972, they got this wrong. Uh, best actress in a leading role should have went to Cecilia Tyson for the movie Sounder. Um, Liv Ullman was in there for The Immigrants. Uh, Diana Ross was in there for Lady Sings the Blues. Uh, Liza Minnelli for Cabaret and Maggie Smith for Travels with My Aunt. We we know that Cecilia didn't win, um, but, but Rod, who do you think won that year? It was Liza Minnelli for Cabaret. And, and I think to myself that um, that's where they made their biggest mistake. And, and I don't get me wrong, movie Cabaret was a great movie, but I thought Cecilia Tyson um, outperformed her in that. And, and this is a, a, a travesty in my mind. The Academy Award should have definitely went to Cecilia Tyson. I've never seen Lady Sings the Blues, uh, The Immigrants, Travels with My Aunt. So, But I know Maggie Smith is an actress and Diana Ross and, and Liv Ullman. Um, but I seen Cabaret. And I just don't think it holds uh, it to anything that I saw in this movie with uh, Cecilia Tyson. I thought she was phenomenal. I thought her acting was was uh, amazing. And uh, it's definitely one that the Academy missed. Um, for me, I enjoyed Paul Winfield as well. 
uh, he he actually had to compete against a little bit of a tougher class in his best actor in a leading role. Uh, he was up against Lawrence Olivier and Sleuth, Michael Caine and Sleuth, which is the first time I've seen in a long time where two actors from the same movie were both up for uh, the leading role and one not listed as a support. Uh, Peter O'Toole in the ruling class and Marlon Brando, who actually won in The Godfather. Um, so going back to that, I, I definitely believe that uh, Paul Winfield was was uh, not I don't want to say struggled in that, but he he just was up against the wall against some some of the great uh, actors of our time. Um, but I, going back to to Tyson, I think she she acted out her class easily. Um, so, but Paul Winfield did do great in the movie. A uh, little disappointed they didn't recognize the dog a little more. <laughs> I thought the dog played a great role. And uh, what happened were, to Swampy? What happened to Swampy? He didn't get no recognition. Um, but yeah, you know, it, again, you know, this one, it, you know, when you feel bad now that when you look back at it, like you said, you know, we're watching a movie that it, the only reason why we're watching it or chose to watch it is because we're, we're uh, saying goodbye to Cecilia and, and, and remembering her. Uh, Cecilia, silly. Did I say it right? Cecilia. 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 Dang it. I, you know me and actors' names. I mess them up. Um, however, this is, it's unfortunate that she she didn't win here and and gosh you know you think they probably thought back in 1972 you know she's gonna do all these films and have another shot at it um it, you know and it doesn't happen it, it's kind of like uh um oh my gosh who was it this, i know this i know i'm getting offset but it always makes me think of this who was the head coach of the chicago bears when they won the super bowl mike ditka when Mike Ditka didn't give the ball to Walter Payton and he gave it to the fridge instead. And Walter Payton never got a chance to score in the Super Bowl. And that, and then Walter Payton passed. And Mike Ditka says it's the, it's the one thing that he regrets his entire life, that he didn't give Walter Payton the ball to score one time in the Super Bowl at the one-yard line. This is, the, this is to that. Take that analogy of sports right there. Go with it into the film industry. This is the Academy Awards. It's got to be their biggest regret not giving her the Academy that year. Well, I echo your sentiments about Cabaret. I love Cabaret. Uh, as and you, for our new listeners, uh, Monty and I love musicals. We're not going <laughs> oh, to review any for a while, but we love musicals. <laughs> and Cabaret is a fine movie. And Liza Minnelli uh, knocked it out of the park. Um, don't even get me started on Diana Ross's portrayal of Billie Holiday in Ladies right. and I mean, yeah. come on. Um, this this was a missed opportunity by the Academy Awards for sure, um, for a number of different reasons. Uh, certainly, the, the 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 impact of that individual uh, and, and what she went through in 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 society during that time. You probably could have gotten someone else to play Billie Holiday because Billie Holiday's life was no picnic either. Um, but it wasn't Diana Ross. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I've got to, I got to connect the dots though, because okay. I, and just like, just like your discussion about, you know, Emil Hirsch. Swampy was related um, to Benji. No, <laughs> no, but it, it, it growing up as growing up as we did, uh, the bulk of our life, uh, our, our developing life in the seventies, there was a particular television show that, well, at least I watched it religiously. Uh, 
when it was on television. But Kevin Hooks, who's the young man that plays David Lee in this movie, um, who I didn't recognize the name originally, uh, haven't seen him in other movies, not sure he's been in too many other movies. I know he got a lot of, of, of press when this movie came out as an up and coming young star, right? But he was a, he was a, um, he had a, a, a leading role of sorts mm-hmm. uh, with a group of other individuals uh, in a very popular television show of the 70s where he played Morris Thorpe. So Monty Crawford for $100,000, <laughs> what television show from the 70s featured Morris Thorpe? 70s more stuff but i'm not you can see my hands are up here so i'm not googling yeah um is it is a tv show yes hee-haw hee-haw i don't know (laughs) i didn't watch hee-haw every week when it was on as a kid did you no it was 60s too wasn't it yeah Uh, i don't know 70s i don't remember he was morris thorpe in the white shadow oh okay okay sorry my apologies now, there's talk about being worlds apart. White Shadow, that's the basketball one, right? Yes. Yeah, great show. Great it's a show. great show. Great. It's a great show. But he, I, I, I thought that I thought David Lee's character mm-hmm. uh, was, you could tell, being the oldest son, right? Being the oldest son, being the oldest child, sometime in a family dynamic, right. gets, you more, gets you a little more press than than being the younger kid unless of course you're jane brady in that one episode of the brady bunch uh but nonetheless i ultimately i ultimately am am, am grateful to the memory of cicely tyson for, for turning us on to this movie so that we could watch and enjoy it and uh she's she is sorely going to be missed um without having her in movies moving forward and working all the way up until 2020 i mean she's absolutely uh, you know that just blows my mind living into her mid 90s working up until she's you know in 19 in 94 years old working uh, it, that's just wow wow tremendous speaking of old how about something young <laughs> <laughs> how about something young oh. That's okay, my- I I I was I was afraid of where you were headed <laughs> with that with that segue about being old. Uh, we're heading to just a couple more years. Us, this movie was two years later than Sounder, so it's younger. Um, that's the 1974 Mel Brooks Mel Brooks, right? Mel Brooks, yes. Mel Brooks classic, Young Frankenstein. Say it, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> Horace Leachman as Frau Blucher. You played that music in the middle of the night? Yes! To get us into the laboratory? Yes! And it was you who left my grandfather's book out for me to find? Yes! So that I would? Yes! Then you and Victor were? Say it! He was my boyfriend! We, we, picked, we picked this one and we're and i can well, you, know, you know we're, she's, we're she all, and and forgive us in advance before we even start because we're gonna start giggling and we're gonna start laughing and we're gonna start dropping lines i just well, let's think about this she's won an oscar okay 
uh, Cl- Cloris Leachman has won an Oscar. She won an Oscar for the last picture show in 1972. She has, let's see here, um, to her credit, counting TV shows and movies, 287 credits of films that she has done. And we picked Young Frankenstein. <laughs> I've not, and it, it has nothing to do that there wasn't any quality work. Obviously, there was. Um, you can go on and on and on with her. And she is, but I think after the Into the Wild and Sounders, we needed something a little more make us laugh. And she's done so much in the TV and TV movies. Um, all the way from Herbie Goes Bananas to, you know, The Oldest Living Graduate in 1980, SOS Titanic in 1979. We can go down and down her list of movies and TV appearances. 287. She wins an Oscar and we pick this movie. Herbie Goes Bananas? She's done it all. There's such she has done thing? it all. Yes, yes. And, and again, you know, this is a movie that... Um, you know, our connect the dots in that we mentioned in last week's uh, podcast. Um, and it's under the trivia in that, you know, a good friend of mine um, that I've known since I was five years old, I've known him for 45 years. Um, his uncle, Opie, uh, was mentioned in this movie. And I think I thought to myself, well, that's weird. You know, he told me about it. And then every time we watched it, we would stop and hold it and, and pause and we'd see his name on one of the brains. And uh, what it was is he had um, uh, a, a buddy of his that worked on this and he also worked in the industry um, and a buddy was working on this, doing the, the, the set design and all of that. And he wrote his name on one of the brains. So when you're, so when you're passing it, you see my, uh, we call him my uncle as well. Uncle Opie's name, uh, Charles Opie on the brain. So it's kind of unique that I have a little bit of a connection to this movie. I love that. And, and you have to watch, you have to kind of slow, slow play mm-hmm. through that scene. So you can see the, you know, the Opie thing, right? Right. Right. Yep. You have to, you start. Okay. So Charles Opie missionary uh, is on the, it's on the third brain on the shelf and you got it. It's Paul Mullick for, for following What it was is um, it was the, it's, I guess there's an artist that was friends with Charles Opie who had previously worked as, is there. Um, and he put his name on it as an inside joke. And so it's kind of cool to see that. And we do, we, every time we watch it, uh, Stuart will come over and we'll pause, uh, young Franken Frankenstein Frankenstein. Um, when it comes, we stop it and say, there he is, there he is every time, even though we've seen it like, 30 times together so it's kind of unique but it's fun but but uh so it is a, a nice connection we have but that's not the reason why we chose we chose oh it for... we we, we chose we chose we chose this because it it's one of it's actually one of three mel brooks movies that that cloris leachman did mm-hmm. uh one of my favorites and i think a very underappreciated mel brooks film she's in high in high anxiety okay and she was also in History of the World Part One, but no one played Frau Blucher like Cloris Leachman did. And yeah, she was Phyllis on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, and she has all the screen credits <laughs> that Monty's previously mentioned. Um, but well, all of those characters in that movie 
are just too funny for words. Mm. But the 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 horse response when her name is called, right? And the fact that she's, you know, she's sleeping with the monster. He was he was he was he was my boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> it doesn't her mole move through the whole movie. <laughs> you know, at one point in time in in the early two thousands, you know, Young Frankenstein became a Broadway production. No, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And did you, and did you know? Did you know that Cloris Leachman wanted to reprise her role as Frau Brucker in the Broadway show? Mel Brooks turned her down because he was involved in it and basically said she was too old because she was in her 80s at that time. And Mel Brooks told her, now, you're you're we don't want you to die on stage. Oh, well, <laughs> Cloris Leachman was was kind of been out of shape by that comment. And she ended up doing Dancing with the Stars. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Okay, so she was in Dancing with the Stars. And once Mel Brooks saw her able to keep up at Dancing with the Stars, he changed his mind and invited her to do it. But the, the production uh, of the play uh, ended up uh, can't uh, it it closed before she could get on stage to do it but it, it, the the stamina of these all three of these actors that we're featuring this week mm-hmm. all of them were were in their 90s when they passed away and working there's one right. more movie we're going to see Cloris Leachman in this year um, in a movie called not to forget and check this out the movie features not only Cloris Leachman Lou Gossett Jr. Tatum O'Neill, George Shakiris, and Olympia Dukakis. Wow. And all five a... of those individuals are Academy Award winners, by the way. Wow, my goodness. My goodness. I can't wait to see that, actually. It looks like a really good movie. Yeah. Yep. But for those of you that have not seen this gem of a Mel Brooks movie that's done in black and white, Okay, I, I gotta ask. You, you brought it up, Mel Brooks movie. What's your favorite Mel Brooks movie? Young Frankenstein. Is it? Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Yours? Haunted Honeymoon. Did oh, he actually? I, yeah. Did he do that one actually? I I I, I think, think that- you sh- I think you should no. Actually, Haunted Honeymoon. You know who did Haunted Honeymoon? Who? Uh, he uh it, that was oh done, that was gene wilder he was, was a gene director. wilder movie that's right that's yeah, right he did okay that. so if then if i have to go back and, it would be, and mrs dom de louise that's right mrs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what he 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 did that movie almost similar to how mel brooks done did all of his well sure i mean they and they you can't help but think that gene gene wilder learned a few things how many movies did he do with mel brooks Right, right. Oh, um, well, let's see. Mel Brooks. So, what was that one movie that that we really liked? Did, Blaz- but, uh, did Blazing Saddles? But we can't say it uh, anymore. I think the, the Frisco. <laughs> I think the Frisco Kid. Frisco Kid. Do you Frisco remember who was in that one with Frisco Kid with him? Yeah, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. I don't know if a lot of people remember those things. I don't, I don't know, know why. I don't know why you and I do. I think it the, was it was Gene Wilder that directed that movie. Yeah. What Frisco Kid? 
No, 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 honey. I'm sorry, honey, honey, yeah, honey. Yeah, yeah, no, no. With his, with his then wife, um, Gilda Radner, another yeah. Rod fave. Yeah. So back, back to real, back to real Mel Brooks movies. Mm-hmm. Which, what's your favorite then? It, it's a toss-up. Well, I want to say Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right up there for me too. Um. It, but there's one that kind of gets to me, and and you're not gonna like it. <laughs> Robin Hood, men and men in tights. <laughs> oh, uh, I knew you. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, some some of some of Mel's stuff later on is just. Well, he kind of went. He kind of went south at the end. I mean, you know, Space, Dracula, Space Dracula, balls. yeah, Dracula, dead and loving it. That was a Leslie Nielsen movie that was kind of. Really, do we need to watch this type film? Um, Spaceballs was okay. You got to give some love to Spaceballs. Mm. How about the producers? The <laughs> original, the original producers. Well, there was History of the World Part One. Was there ever History of the World Part Two? I don't believe so. No. So he did some unique things. <laughs> But um, he pushed the envelope, and I, I tell you on a lot of stuff. And uh, Young Young Frankenstein, I think, was one of Gene Wilder's best movies. Um, the one one thing that we haven't talked about in this movie as well is the beautiful Terry Gar. Um, Inga. Oh, Inga. What knockers? Uh, <laughs> and you know he played, and that's kind of why Young Young Frankenstein reminds me of a lot of of haunted honeymoon because you had gene wilder and then you had over there you had gilda radner and uh oh my god what was the other lady that oh, um Deloise. no no the other one. <laughs> oh my god the, with the big knockers um and she was in blazing saddles too madeline khan thank you <laughs> So that's where I see the similarity between Gene Wilder directing that movie and how Mel Brooks directed this film. Um, I, I love this. It's a Halloween favorite for me. Uh, thankful I got to watch it. I'm not going to give this movie a rating just because it's not a, a movie you sit down and go, oh, my God, why wasn't this up for an Academy Award? Um, however, well, why wasn't it? Well, actually, did you know it was nominated, right? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? It was nominated for Best Writing and Screenplay by Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks and Best Sound by Richard Portman and Gene Constanetis or Cantonisa, um, but not for, uh, I wouldn't for expect, any of the best I would, acting roles. I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> expect that. I wouldn't expect that. I mean, I, I, but I, have, al- I have always been I've always been impressed with a little movie called The Artist. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. It was done in the early, I know, it was probably done 10 years ago, 10, 12 mm-hmm. years ago. And it was all done in black and white. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a, just a very interesting. The fact that they did this movie in 1974, is that the drive that yeah, you Yeah, 1974, yep. They did it all in black and white. You know, the lightning and thunder themes mm-hmm. and the set and all that. All that was pretty innovative for 1974. Now, you know, Madeline Kahn was nominated as a Golden Globe for, um, oh, there's our time is up. <laughs> See you, folks. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Madeline Kahn was uh, nominated for our Best Supporting Actress in this, along with 
Cloris Leachman was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Comedy, and or Musical. See, so she did get a little recognition for this film. Now, I, I, it might have <laughs> been the scene where she's yelled out that that is my boyfriend. That was well, that was that was certainly that was certainly noteworthy. But I, I guess maybe they threw Madeline Kahn the uh, they they threw her that bone because she was able to get um, Frank's laundry in the right hamper, uh, <laughs> the one dedicated for poo poo undies. <laughs> oh my God, man! Uh, it is what it is. Um, but I, I enjoy watching it. I watch it every year, and. Um, you know, again, another actress that's going to be missed. Absolutely. These 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 marquee actors and actresses that we have lost this year very early on in 2021 at such a late age it is it's it's sad and it's tragic. But they ha they've all had a really good they all had a really good run and had a lot of really good movies that we've enjoyed over the years. So. Thank you, Cicely Tyson. Thank you, Hal Holbrook. Thank you, Cloris Leachman, for the many hours of enjoyment, the outstanding job that all of you did in your movies. We will miss you. Absolutely. And we, with that being said, we're, we're going to miss you guys. And, uh, and we head off into next week reviewing three new movies. Um, and excited to uh, to participate participate in the in these three coming up, and hopefully they can hold a candle to what we just saw. Put the candle back. Put we're the getting candle back. we're getting a little closer. We're inching closer to award season. We had some Screen Actors Guild awards that mm -hmm. that were announced not too long ago, and we're inching closer to Oscar night. Well, and we. Some of some of some of the films that we have watched and reviewed previously have been mentioned. I'm not yes. going to talk too much about it this time around, but um, one of the movies that I have heard about and not paid a lot of attention to, but features one of Monty and I's Monty and my favorites, who we also did a tribute show for, is Chadwick Boseman, who stars in. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is a movie that I'm going to review for the next podcast. And I'm going to tip my hat to one of my all-time favorites. Uh, she is number one on I Get to Make Love to Her If I Ever Come Across list. Um, and I will definitely hashtag her in this, um, <laughs> in both this podcast and next. That sounded, <laughs> sounded a little aggressive. <laughs> I'd, I'll make sure to hashtag her. Uh, hey okay guys can you hear me we're back okay. sorry about that i i was so excited about can, am i still live here i yes. was so excited about talking about summer hayek i pulled out my <laughs> you, i beg your pardon <laughs> i pulled out my microphone oh. <laughs> All right. As long as it was just your microphone that you pulled out. Yeah, so we, you made it a point. You made it a point to talk about bliss. Sorry, um, I, 
I was saying I get to um, <laughs> watch the beautiful, and I was saying all those things, and instead of saying Soma Hayek, I said Owen Wilson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's actually the beautiful Soma Hayek that I'm looking forward to uh, listening to or watching into <laughs> Amazon Originals uh, 2021 movie, The Bliss, which she co-stars with Owen Wilson. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> I'll and then my, I'll keep my mic in. <laughs> to <laughs> to uh, to to. I do have a pair of underwear that says "Speak into the mic." <laughs> Is that in the correct hamper for poo poo Wendy's? Yeah, for poo poo Wendy's. Exactly. <laughs> poo poo Wendy's. And oh, another another American uh, treasure is the one and only Kevin Costner, who was in a little little talked about film from last year came in very late last year but for Monty and I we're considering first run we're going to take a look Diane Lane is in this movie as well called let him go you know I think this movie is slipped by everybody in 2020 it came in during the holiday season uh the end of last year when people were still fighting on whether we can have Thanksgiving together and whether we can have Christmas together in the middle of a, one of the most dramatic emotional parts of this pandemic. Um, and so I don't think a lot of people really know about this film because I've asked people recently, have you heard about this? And they're like, no. So to me, I'm looking at, even though it's the late 2020 film, I'm looking at is, is truly going to get recognized more in 2021. Well, and who knows if it, it, it may fall into, uh, being nominated for something, maybe not necessarily Kevin Costner, maybe not necessarily, not necessarily uh, Diane Lane, but mm-hmm. those are those are two actors, two professionals that that have uh, have done some movies along the way, and to see them together um, is worth a look for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are two star-studded actors that can carry a movie on their own, and you throw them into this situation, and uh, I definitely think it's going to be something to f- fun to watch. <clears throat> So that will be the next time that we get together. Uh, but before we get to that, make sure to check out all of our various social media platforms, including Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook page. There's going to be a little bit of a contest associated with listening to this yes. podcast, isn't yeah. there, Monty? Yes, yes. And it is uh, it's an outstanding podcast or outstanding uh, uh, competition or, or what is it? I'm sorry. Um What's the word that you just said it? Oh my God. I still have Selma Hayek uh, on my contest? screen. Thank you. I still had Selma Hayek on my screen. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's an outstanding. And your microphone out. My microphone out. It's an outstanding con- uh, contest uh, that we've held in the past and gotten great response from. So looking forward to it again. You'll get $25 uh, Starbucks gift card. If you can pick the word of the re- of the episode so word of the episode um we'll put that on our social media uh, platform and let you guys know the contest is up and about and we'll see who gets it all right so make sure to listen to the this podcast in its entirety to try and guess what the secret void is my best groucho marks impression there mm-hmm you can listen to us all over the place, including iHeart Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, our friends over there at Anchor, and of course on the Podcasters page at ABC affiliated KMET AM fourteen ninety. Yes, 
the talk station of Redlands. Take a listen. Make sure you also listen over to Vince Daniels' show every Thursday, correct? From 9 to 10. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Vince Daniels' show at KMET 1490. You Not can- only AM 1490, but 98.1 FM, FM in the Inland Empire. So listen on over to, to Mr. Daniels. Uh, great show. Um, covers a lot of uh, great topics so enjoy make sure you finish all the way through here on this too so you can hear the nominated uh soundtrack um from eddie vetter uh from the movie into the wild so for sure for sure as we move into season four three new movies next week and until next time we are two Real reviewers. You'll hear us next week. Cages they bought. They think of me and my wandering, but I'm 